it is well beyond my bedtime. We are still in quarantine. And although where I'm currently at in New York State, we have begun uh, phase one of reopening. Um, it's still not enough for me because um, I'm home. But I, you know, I'm still operating very normally like I would be in quarantine. Um, and I've been alone now for uh, a lot of weeks. <laughs> so it's been great to just take space and time for myself. But I have spent a lot of time doing some research, looking up information. Um, I think one of the key things that I've done is like looking at other people's discussions in the finance space and utilizing that as um motivation for the type of conversations I want to have here on the platform. And so with that being said, I recently came across a video um, that was telling people not to claim brokenness. And the video was reflecting um, the reason why you are broke is because you claim being broke. And it's not a matter of you being really strapped for cash it's a matter of you are not putting your money towards um things that are making you money that's creating wiggle room in your life um and you're not a hustler and I had to take a step back because this video was coming from an individual who is definitely financially secure who is a millionaire um and definitely a leader in the social media marketing space um who has been broke before and uh you know that was her testament and what i took from that was we can't look at brokenness all brokenness the same right um one of the things that i teach especially through broke black bougie is that living in brokeland is essentially a space where people are on the come up and some people are starting from zero and some people are starting to rewrite their wrongs and their hardships so the different experiences that people face definitely contribute to the experiences that they have in Brooklyn. however that is not to negate or run away from the fact that people are financially um not where they need to be right just because somebody claims being broke does not mean they they have quote unquote the broke mentality or um that their circumstances do not define them as being broke and the more we tend to remove ourselves from telling people that they should claim brokenness or that you know they should fear being broke or saying that they're saying that they are broke contributes to the fact that they are in these circumstances doesn't help to dismantle the taboo of talking about money because sometimes people need to recognize where they are and if you have negative twenty dollars in your account if you are cash strapped if you can't afford your basic necessities right um and you find yourself on a consistent basis um facing brokenness there are either one or two issues there are individuals who are dealing with a cash flow problem and an equity issue they are not making enough to afford the expensive times that we live in um, in order to be in a space where they are living to thrive or there are individuals who have uh, a lot more wiggle room than the average joe 
and they are not financially able to meet their requirements just for the simple fact that they are financially strapped. Um, But they are financially strapped because their appropriations, where they're appropriating their funds is out of order. So I wanted to take an episode, which would probably be a very brief episode uh, because I feel very brief this week uh, to discuss the perpetual experiences that people have um, and being broke. And this episode is definitely not to talk down or to overlook the multiple complexities that people face in Brooklyn. Uh, this episode is definitely dedicated to individuals who have a lot more wiggle room and um, are trying to get a grasp on their finances and have better habits. Because the reality is uh that video that I was watching, what I got from it is that we need to be talking to individuals who have wiggle room and are not necessarily broke, but their funds are strapped because they are not putting in their their energy to creating habits that will create financial wellness in their life. So politicking with y'all today, this is what we're about to get into. It's going to be probably one of those quick episodes, but uh, definitely something that is beneficial to those who will need it. Because one thing I do not do and I cannot engage in are conversations that just treat everything like it's just a, oh, oh no, you know, y'all claiming brokenness and claiming brokenness is bad. No, we need to claim our circumstances in order to be able to address the experiences that we're having, talk about it, get the resources that we need, and be on our well way to the come up. Who needs this episode? So in the intro, I definitely wanted to spend time having a conversation and being transparent that this episode is not for people who... um, are not for people who have much more complex issues when it comes to their finances, right? So if you're an individual who has been living in poverty and been living in, uh, living in poverty for a long time and you just don't have the wiggle room and the space to just even get a get a basic job that can help contribute to increasing your finances, this conversation is definitely not for you. This conversation is more so for individuals who have money, have a cash flow coming in um, that they can be able to sustain their life well beyond their means and um, have not had the ability to to do that uh, for the simple fact that they are dealing with some uh, habits and frustration with money man- management. So why would somebody have that frustration? Well, first off, if you're an individual like myself who... Um, has gone from having $800 checks or $200 checks to being an individual that landed a big salary job, how you operated with the little money you have definitely can determine how you operate with more money. And so if your mindset is not in the space to uh, operate uh, in in a position where you make sure you build security for yourself and that you rewrite your wrongs or learn how to manage money. 
it's going to be very hard for you to build and build your financial wellness path and also be able to reach your goals. It just is. It's like the concept of being able to manage $10 versus managing $100. And if you can't manage the basic funds of a 10, 5, 10, 15, 20, working your way up to those big face hundreds, it's going to be extremely hard for you to manage the 1000 the 2000 the $10,000, right? And it's not that you can't manifest those things or be able to manage those lump sums, but you really have to be in a space where you understand your cash flow, what is important and what you are doing. So this is why this conversation matters. When I started working my first big job, my cash flow um, shouldn't have been a problem because I was living on campus. I did not have any monthly bills. And um, other than paying off my cleaning up messes and taking care of my phone. But because I was so locked in, on uh, where I should have should have been and how I should have been performing and how I should have been showing up to spaces, I constantly found myself financially tapped out. And if you're living in a space where you don't have to pay rent and the only thing you need to focus on is building, you would think that financially you would be in a space to stack so that once you end up going to your next journey, there'll be more security for you. And I tend tended because I always tend to be a hard head. Um, <laughs> I learned that journey well later on than I should have. Um, but what I learned out of that experience is that it's really important to make sure that you call out your habits. So what does calling out your habits look like? Everybody tends to laugh at me when I say this, but um, the reality is it's how I deliver the message sometimes. And so I I get that. But we have to be in a space where we know our numbers. And that is the key to being able to be financially prepared. Because if we don't know our shit down to the cent, okay, down to exactly what's coming in, exactly what's coming out. If we don't have a system of checks and balances, we're never going to be balanced. And so if you're an individual that never had to really sit down with your numbers, it might be a good start for you to sit that ass down and really figure out, all right, I've been cutting it really close to zero um, in between paychecks and I'm just trying to figure out what it is what it is that I, I need. Um, I know that I want to be able to participate in X, Y, and Z. I know I want to, you know, fuck it up for the one time, but like, I don't think I could do these things if I'm not financially competent. So where does that leave me? I'm going to tell you where it leaves you. Okay. Number one, it leaves you in a, a space where if you are prioritizing more so doing, doing, doing just because you have money versus 
being able to sit and be still, which will be a whole nother episode, um, and figure out what's going on with your coins and how you are going to be able to reach your goals, you are always going to find yourself in a place where you are financially insecure. Seriously, being financially insecure is a real ass thing. And if you're one of those individuals that make a lot of money, there should be no reason why you don't have money for yourself, where you don't have the leverage that you desire in your finances, and you are just not where you need to be. If you don't got kids, if you don't got um, family you have to look out for, uh, because a, a lot of us tend to find ourselves in spaces where we have to uh, t- uh, assume certain roles in order to be financially secure. Um, we are always <laughs> struggling in that sense, right? But if you're an individual who don't have those pro- don't have these problems, and you are only looking out for yourself. There are no other responsibilities that you have other than to just stack and grow. If you are not stacking and growing, something is wrong. And you got to take a look at you, all right? Because it's possibly because you're looking at comparisons and you're looking at what other people are doing and you're trying to figure out why you are not financially where you need to be. But Sometimes we really have to turn inward. So knowing your numbers is a big part of that, number one. Number two, if you're an individual that doesn't know your numbers and you are not following a budget, you're going to be asked out. All right? I get it. If anybody gets it, it's my black ass. I know what it feels like to be a person that hates sitting down and looking at your numbers. But the truth is your numbers will not lie to you. When you print your bank statement out, it will not lie to you. When you print out um, your, your worksheet or when you're writing down what's coming in, what's going out, I hope that you're not lying to yourself, but it will not lie to you. It will let you know where you are placing your funds. And so if you see there are categories where you are giving more of your funds and not really building the financial cushion you desire, you need to take a step back and you need to figure out how to create the plan. Broke Black Bougie has worksheets. Aha! Has worksheets and uh, things to help you address what it is that you need um, in order to create the financial leverage that you desire. If you are not where you need to be financially, okay, if you don't have what it is that you desire, you are going to be in a place of constantly looking for either validation, right, um, or trying to convince yourself that, all right, oh, it's, it's not that bad. How do you know if you're not fucking reading? Seriously, how do you know it's not that bad? Oh, girl, is it really that bad? How do you not, how do you not know it's not that bad? What did you spend your money on this week? If every day of the week you ate out, smack yourself. Because I know you can cook. You grown. And even if you can't, like... You're not even making that type of money not to, to look into your pockets where you could be eating out every day. That's an investment. 
those little $10 expenses tend to add up. You need to shut it down. Uber Eats and DoorDash and Postmates and Grubhub and um, what 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 other uh, food delivery apps? Whatever they are, they are not your friend, okay? They are not your friend. Sit that ass down, learn the recipe, and you'll be all right. Another thing that may contribute to uh, your perpetual brokenness is the fact that you have too much discretionary spending going on and not enough income coming in to allow for you to be spending and just being like, oh, you know, I got it. And so what I mean by that is a lot of times we be uh, financially strapped. Um, we, we're we not in a good place. And we tell ourselves like, oh, yeah, um, I got about $2,000 in savings, which means that I got about $2,000 to spend. And that absolutely makes no sense because if you got $2,000 in savings and you don't got no money in checking, you're broke. That's how you have to look at this. Because just because you have $2,000, that is still not enough um, for you to declare fund money. Because if that's all the money you have and you don't even have an emergency fund, you are in a state of emergency. Because what happens if you lose a job? What happens if uh, your health starts to fail? What happens if you can't show up to the positions that you normally um, would be, you know, up and at them? You don't have that wiggle room. And so if you don't have that wiggle room, I hate to say it, but if you don't have that wiggle room, if you don't have that space, it's best for you, you know, take a step back. And figure out why you're spending so much in certain areas. The key to discretionary purposes is that is money that you have appropriated for yourself to spend on non-essential items, whether it's recreation, entertainment, um, when you have enough money left over to pay those necessary expenses, such as mortgage and utilities and all of your fixed expenses, your four walls, as they say, are taken care of. You have money afterwards to move as you wish, right? But what I like to to uh, teach is the reality is you don't have that much wiggle room if you're... If you don't have a a cushion or you're just building a cushion and your emergency fund is not where it needs to be, right? So people like, we should have an emergency fund of three to four months. If you don't got a basic emergency fund three to four, four months out, like I said, and I will always say, it is an emergency. So your discretionary funding should be limited because what happens when you spend too much on discretionary per- purchases <laughs> and then an emergency happens and now you're asked out? Your priority was not putting it into something that would create stability for yourself. It is placing yourself in a position that essentially makes you strapped. So... With that being said, this leads me into my next point, right? You have to be an individual who prepares for emergencies. If you're an individual who is spending too much money on discretionary purchases, but you yourself don't have a emergency set up, right? Or a plan for an emergency or a cushion for yourself. 
it is going to be very hard for you to dig yourself out of uh, financial hardships that you may face. I'm not saying this to be an ass. I'm not saying this to be rude. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the truth is, it is extremely hard to dig yourself out when you don't have the resources, the energy, and um, the financial space to do so. Like, I know what it feels like to be an individual who has a financial emergency and it's just, your spirit is gone. Not only is your spirit is your spirit gone, but damn it, you don't feel you 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 feel off. You don't feel content. Right? Your nerves are bad. You feel very nervous because any little emergency is going to dig you further deep into a hole. It's like you're extremely big as hell. Right, you yourself in a in a very tight room, and there's no air for you to breathe. That's what it feels like. And so, if you're facing hardships on top of the experiences that you already have, you might it might be better to to be in a space where you commit to ensuring that that's not your reality, right? And being prepared for the inevitable. Um, make sure that, yeah, financial setbacks will happen, but there's a difference between having a financial setback that (laughs) sets you back all the way back, back, um, to the point of starting over from zero and starting over with still some, some leverage. So those are things to consider. Another reason why you may find yourself being perpetually broke. (laughs) Sometimes I slip over my words and shit like that. (laughs) Um, Is as soon as you get money, you spend it. You know, like there's a, what is it? I don't even like to quote future because I think he's toxic, but that's another conversation. Uh, Spend a check. And get it right back. <laughs> um, lyrics. Um, damn, this this even put me put me on to to future. Was it future? Let me type in. Let me see what's future. Cause somebody is talking about something. This is day day. Uh. Well, I guess uh, this is is it future. For the check and get it right back. Let me check in. I'm going crazy over here. I don't need y'all to be judging me, but yo, is this really not future? For the check and get it right back. Oh well, I guess it was. Well, my fault. He looked toxic too, but alright, whatever. So the lyrics go: You spend a check, you get the check right back, and um. A lot of us think that just because we have a healthy check, that if we spend the check, it's going to bounce back to us. 
And that's not a way we can look at financial security, especially when we're individuals that operate with salaries or we have checks coming in and we are literally living paycheck to paycheck until we build the momentum of having wiggle room for ourselves. So y'all might ask me, Charlie, what do you mean? And my black ass is going to tell you exactly what I mean. You can't spend a check and get it right back unless you have some right back money already sitting in your account like what sense does it make for you to spend a check have zero and then oh yeah i'm I'm, I'm gonna get that back this money is not guaranteed all right you may be working for an individual and yeah you're working a good job and yeah things are going great but your company can shut down you know like you could be furloughed you could be told that you're not getting paid i am a state employee When the budget did not pass for New York State or time, I did not get my check for the first month of April. Um, It was delayed by, I want to say, maybe maybe three to four days, maybe. Um, Or it it was probably three or like two and a half, but I didn't really see it to the third day. Moral to the story is I did not get paid on time. And so me not getting paid on time, every month I have certain bills that are appropriated to my accounts, right? And so it's like they're assigned that's a better word. They're assigned to my accounts. Every pay period, this is going to be charged. And because I set up my budget in that way and to make sure that, you know, these funds are appropriate, this is allocated here, this is allocated here. What I started to realize was like, yo, um, if I didn't have things to be set up for myself and I didn't properly plan for this, I would have been asked out. Seriously. Like, I would have been asked out. And that's no no place that anybody wants to be in, not having uh, the financial wiggle room that they desire, and also being strapped for cash. Nobody wants to go through that. But um, I, I'm very grateful that I, that I set it up. But the reality was, is my check was being held. Okay. I, I did not get paid on time. So there, there, there is no guarantee just because you think that you could spend a check and get it right back. The shit might not bounce back to you to a month or two later. And then what are you going to do if you don't have a month or two funds saved? If you're not financially secure where you need to be, what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to do much. You don't have the wiggle room. It's, mu- it's more so a threat to your livelihood than it is to... Um, just, oh, you know, this, it's just, it is what it is. No, it's much more of a threat to your livelihood. So, so I don't, I'm not one of those individuals that think that spending a check and getting it right back. I don't care what I said in the past. All right. I'm saying what I'm talking about now, which is the reality that like, you can't be spending a check and getting it right back. If you don't even got a cushion that allows you to move that way. And so with this narrative of spending money as soon as we get it, we can't set ourselves up for self-destruction. We have to be individuals who not only train ourselves to save money out of each paycheck, but we need to position ourselves in a space where we are working towards our financial wellness. If you come into a windfall of money and that money is already spent before you get it, that's a problem. This is why they say 70% of lottery lottery winners don't keep their winnings, 
right? Because their mentality is not where they need to be in order to sustain the wealth that they have. When you're first coming into wealth and you you got a windfall or somebody passed away and they left you with money, it is very important for you to seek the advisors, to seek the financial support that you need in order to make sure that you are financially prepared, right? And again, you're working on your strategy to maintain financial wellness so that you can keep your money long-term and have some sort of protection. Not having protection doesn't work for us. It is very important that we have protection. So spending money as soon as you get it, another problem. Um, another issue that I also think contributes to the the experiences of being perpetually broke is when you don't know your numbers, when you're spending your money before you, you get it, when you don't have a clear strategy, when you don't have an emergency, and on top of that, you're in debt. Oof, the D word that nobody really wants to hear, but it's the truth, right? Being in debt is not an easy thing, but a lot of people are in debt. If you found yourself doing going for a business, if you found yourself going for school, if you found yourself doing all of these different things, being financially um, insecure is, is definitely a reality when you're in debt. And a lot of people who are in debt find themselves being mentally drained, right? And their mental health is put at risk because uh, they find so much stress surrounding their finances that it impedes on what they're able to accomplish and just focus on with a clear mind. So for me, my debt looks like student loans, Student loans, I'm fucking tired. They need to go. You got to get so mad at it that you just work towards getting that those those number, numbers down because they keep you imprisoned, right? Like your money is really not your money. Like when you get your money, you should pay yourself first. And that is something that I have to learn. But you also have to take care of your debts. Because they contribute and impact how your credit score looks. They contribute and impact to um, how you're able to, to, to maneuver through this society. What type of support exists? What type of financial stability do you have? All of that is contingent on whether or not you have the financial wiggle room. Right. So if you're an individual that all of your money is out of whack and then you have these debts that you have to pay, baby. If you owe $5,000 on a credit card and you have $4,000 sitting in your bank account, you really only got $1,000. Or maybe I did the math wrong. <laughs> Golly, you don't even have $4,000. Okay. I should have said 5000 Okay. If you have $5,000 in debt and you have $6,000 in your, in your bank account, you only really have $1,000. If you're trying to get your coins up before you chip away at that, you still don't have as much room as you as you think you do. If you're prioritizing doing other things before you prioritizing taking care of debts that may be impacting you drastically on top of the rest of your money being out of whack, you're not taking care of business the way that you should. And so that also contributes to your equilibrium being out of whack and your coins definitely being out of whack and then you're sitting here wondering why you are broke and it's like you have to look at this picture in its entirety right what money do you have 
Where is your money going? How are you making decisions about the purchases that you buy? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you making decisions about the purchases that you buy? How is your debt impacting the money that you actually have? What game plan do you have to tackle your debt? What things are open? You know, those are those are the type of conversations or things that you need to be asking yourself in order to prepare for your own come up. I understand that it can be very hard to be in a space where we are learning about like money and we're learning about ourselves and we're learning about like how to make money work for us. And yes, you hear me typing because I, I got to pull up my BET Plus child because after this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I get myself some rest and I take care of myself, self-love and um, watch some some shows before going to sleep. And I, the show that I really like to watch is Martin. So I've been really geeked on, uh, I've been really geeked on that. Oh, I don't know why it's telling me my password is wrong. Anywho, um, not to focus on, on that right now, but we're going to get back to the conversation. Um, if you're a person that never really got good with money or you feel like it is impossible to have a healthy relationship with money, it is possible. And... I think when I was watching the video, what what really wanted me to do like a little quick rant to unpack perpetual brokenness is um, we have to be careful about the language that we choose and how we talk to individuals about money. And I think that the broad message of telling people that you can't claim brokenness is false because some people need to claim brokenness in order to be able to address their finances, number one. Number two, if the idea is to come for individuals who won't have to be broke or 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 don't have to be broke if they ended up conducting themselves and having better uh, habits when it came to their finances, that those are the people we need to address. We need to sit down and, and put an ear to individuals who are financially able to have a healthy relationship with money, but they are inadequate in the way they show up for their coins. Those are th- those are the type of conversations we need to have. And I think that OGs have a responsibility in the financial space. If you're an individual making over $100,000, if you have a business and you're bringing in over damn near a million dollars in sales, then you have every right to have a, a, a perspective, but you need to to remember where you came from and how the journey to get started with our finances is not something that is 100% easy when we have to be transparent. It could be scary. It could be extremely frustrating. It could be so overwhelming to the point where we're like, oh, Lord, yes, I did, y'all. Y'all know I love y'all. Moral to this story is it can be so overwhelming that we are tired, 
you know, and we don't really have a clear idea as to what to do or how to begin. But I want to say that this journey is possible. It's possible because I'm working on the journey. I've seen other people in Brooklyn working on the journey. I've seen people just trying to figure shit out for themselves and really manifesting positive thoughts. So if we're going to be individuals encouraging people to have positive thoughts, what we can say is remember that broke is temporary. That being broke is not something that is forever, but As you face a perpetual state of brokenness, remember that there is a way out of this and that way will create more financial security for yourself and have you on the track of creating a generational stability. (laughs) We let it say generational wealth, but generational stability in a way that really helps to manifest and shift the narrative of money in your life and for future generations to come. Those are the type of conversations we should lead with. And I also think we should be leading with the lens that um, just because you did it don't mean that you can talk down on others who need to do it, right? It's privilege in being able to reach a point where you master your finances and it is definitely a marathon not a race it's a marathon because there will be setbacks in a marathon you might not be able to finish the race um excuse me you might not be able to finish the marathon as um you want it with the same type of strategy working for you consistently because life changes, chapter changes, experiences change, but you are not trying to see who can finish it fast, right? You are only competing with yourself and trying to figure out how you can finish it in the best way that is suitable for you. So with that said, I am not going to get into a conversation about to catch a coin. This whole damn episode was about catching a coin, but I just will leave those few little gems there. And um, for individuals who are trying to uh, save or get into a, to a place where they uh, figure out like, you know, what what is it that I have to do to create these little resources for myself? If you go to BrokeBlackBougie.com, again, that is BrokeBlackBougie.com. And you go to oh, where are they? Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do for you guys because I realized that that part is missing. I'm going to add resource resources onto services and. Um, under the services tab and it's going to consist of those templates right the $1,000 cushion templates the $5,000 cushion templates that you can follow to save weekly a certain amount of money in order to reach your financial goals Um, yes we are still in quarantine and for those of us who are still fortunate enough to be able to still move money, right? These are tools to help you not only move your money, um, but be able to see how uh, saving can actually work with the little bit of coins that we spend. It's so easy to get a $19.99 or $19.50, whatever the the little change difference is, meal from DoorDash or Uber Eats. But if we apply those things to uh, a savings plan, we will be in a much, 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 much secure space. So 
this is all I have for you. I want to thank you all again for listening to the Bro Black Bougie podcast. And uh, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, hit me up on Instagram. You know, I'm really active on there. You can hit me up on Facebook or be sure to send an email to info at brokeblackbougie.com. <laughs>